Greetings and welcome to the July 7th edition of Reading Through the Bible in a Year from Mighty Through God. Today I'll be reading 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 5 through chapter 5, verse 17, Acts chapter 25, Psalm 5, and Proverbs 18, verse 19. And today I'll be reading from the New International Version. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, beginning with verse 5, it says, Asher, the father of Tekoa, had two wives, Hela and Nara. Nara bore him Ahuzam, Hefer, Temani, and Hahashtari. These were the descendants of Nara, the sons of Hela, Zareth, Zohar, Ethnan, and Kaz, who was the father of Anob, and Hazobeba, and of the clans of Aharhel, son of Haram. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Caleb, Shohaz, brother, was the father of Mahir, who was the father of Ashton. Ashton was the father of Beth Rapha, Pasea, and Tehina, the father of Ir Nahash. These were the men of Rekha, the sons of Kenaz, Othniel and Sariah, the sons of Othniel, Hetath, and Meonathai. Meonathai was the father of Ophrah. Sariah was the father of Joab. The father of Geharashim, it was called this because its people were skilled workers. The sons of Caleb, son of Jephunneh, Iru, Elah, and Naam, the son of Elah. Kenaz, the sons of Jehalalel, Ziph, Zipha, Tyria, and Asarel, the sons of Ezra, Jether, Mered, Ephor, and Jalen. One of Mered's wives gave birth to Miriam, Shammai, and Ishba, the father of Eshtemoah. His wife from the tribe of Judah gave birth to Jared, the father of Gedor, Heber, the father of Soko, and Jekuthiel, the father of Zanoah. These were the children of Pharaoh's daughter, Bethiah, whom Merit had married. The sons of Hodiah's wife, the sister of Naham, the father of Kila, the Carmite, and Eshtemoah, the Machathite. The sons of Shimon, Amnon, Rena, Ben-Hanan, and Tylon, the sons of Ishai, Zoheth, and Ben-Zoheth, the sons of Shelah, son of Judah, Er, the father of Lekah, Lada, the father of Merasha, and the clans of the linen workers at Beth-Ashbeah, Jochim, the men of Kozeba, and Joash, and Seraph, who ruled in Moab, and Jashubai Lahem, 
These records are from ancient times. They were the potters who lived at Natam and Gedera. They stayed there and worked for the king. The descendants of Simeon, Nemuel, Jamin, Jerob, Zerah, and Shaul. Shalom was Shaul's son, Mibsam his son, and Mishma his son. The descendants of Mishma, Hamuel his son, Zakur his son, and Shimi his son. Shimi had 16 sons and six daughters, but his brothers did not have many children, so their entire clan did not become as numerous as the people of Judah. They lived in Beersheba, Malada, Hazar, Shual, Bilhah, Azim, Tolad, Bethuel, Hormah, Ziklag, Beth Markaboth, Hazar, Susim, Beth Barai, and Sharaim. These were their towns until the reign of David. Their surrounding villages were Etam, Ain, Rimmon, Tolkien, and Ashen, five towns. And all the villages around these towns, as far as Balath, these were their settlements, and they kept a genealogical record. Meshabab, Jamlech, Josha, son of Amaziah, Joel, Jehu, son of Joshibiah, the son of Sariah, the son of Asiel, also Elionai, Jacobah, Jeshohiah, Asiah, Adael, Jesimael, Benaiah, and Ziza, son of Shiphai, the son of Alan, the son of Jediah, the son of Shimri, the son of Shemaiah. The men listed above by name were leaders of their clans. Their families increased greatly, and they went to the outskirts of Gedor, to the east of the valley in search of pasture for their flocks. They found rich, good pasture, and the land was spacious, peaceful, and quiet. Some Hamites had lived there formerly. The men whose names were listed came in the days of Hezekiah, king of Judah. They attacked the Hamites in their dwellings, and also the Meonites, who were there, and completely destroyed them, as is evident to this day. Then they settled in their place, because there was pasture for their flocks. And five hundred of these Simeonites, led by Pelatiah, Neriah, Rephiah, and Uzael, the sons of Ishai, invaded the hill country of Seir. They killed the remaining Amalekites who had escaped, and they have lived there to this day. Chapter 5 The sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel. He was the firstborn, but when he defiled his father's marriage bed, his rights as firstborn were given to the sons of Joseph, son of Israel. So he could not be listed in the genealogical record in accordance with his birthright. And though Judah was the strongest of his brothers and a ruler came from him, the rights of the firstborn belonged to Joseph. The sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, Hanuk, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi, the descendants of Joel, Shemaiah his son, Gog his son, Shimei his son, Micah his son, Riah his son, Baal his son, and Bera his son, 
whom Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, took into exile. Bera was the father of the Reubenites. Their relatives by clans listed according to their genealogical records. Jeel, the chief, Zechariah, and Bela, son of Azaz, the son of Shema, the son of Joel. They settled in the area from Aror to Nebo and Baal-Meon. To the east, they occupied the land up to the edge of the desert that extends to the Euphrates River because their livestock had increased in Gilead. During Saul's reign, they waged war against the Hagarites, who were defeated at their hands. They occupied the dwellings of the Hagarites throughout the entire region east of Gilead. The Gadites lived next to them in Bashan, as far as Seleka. Joel was the chief, Shapham the second, then Janai and Shaphat in Bashan. Their relatives by families were Michael, Meshulam, Sheba, Jorai, Jachin, Ziah, and Eber, seven in all. These were the sons of Abihel, son of Hurai, the son of Jeroah, the son of Gilead, the son of Michael, the son of Jeshishai, the son of Jado, the son of Booz. Ahai, son of Abdiel, the son of Gunai, was head of their family. The Gadites lived in Gilead, in Bashan, and its outlying villages, and on all the pasture lands of Sharon, as far as they extended. All these were entered in the genealogical records during the reigns of Jotham, king of Judah, and Jeroboam, king of Israel. Acts chapter 25 this section is titled, Paul's Trial Before Festus. Three days after arriving in the province, Festus went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem, where the chief priests and the Jewish leaders appeared before him and presented the charges against Paul. They requested Festus as a favor to them to have Paul transferred to Jerusalem, for they were preparing an ambush to kill him along the way. Festus answered, Paul is being held at Caesarea, and I myself am going there soon. Let some of your leaders come with me, and if the man has done anything wrong, they can press charges against him there. After spending eight or ten days with them, Festus went down to Caesarea. The next day, he convened the court and ordered that Paul be brought before him. When Paul came in, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him. They brought many serious charges against him, but they could not prove them. Then Paul made his defense. I have done nothing wrong against the Jewish law or against the temple or against Caesar. Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me there on these charges? Paul answered, I am now standing before Caesar's court, where I ought to be tried. I have not done any wrong to the Jews, as you yourself know very well. If, however, I am guilty of doing anything deserving death, I do not refuse to die. But if the charges brought against me by these Jews are not true, no one has the right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. 
After Festus had conferred with his council, he declared, You have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you will go. A few days later, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at Caesarea to pay their respects to Festus. Since they were spending many days there, Festus discussed Paul's case with the king. He said, There is a man here whom Felix left as a prisoner. When I went to Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews brought charges against him and asked that he be condemned. I told them that it is not the Roman custom to hand over anyone before they have faced their accusers and have had an opportunity to defend themselves against the charges. When they came here with me, I did not delay the case, but convened the court the next day and ordered the man to be brought in. When his accusers got up to speak, they did not charge him with any of the crimes I had expected. Instead, they have some points of dispute with him about their own religion and about a dead man named Jesus, who Paul claimed was alive. I was at a loss how to investigate such matters, so I asked if he would be willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial there on these charges. But when Paul made his appeal to be held over, for the emperor's decision, I ordered him to be held until I could send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I would like to hear this man myself. He replied, Tomorrow you will hear him. The next day, Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp and entered the audience room with the high-ranking military officers and the prominent men of the city. At the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are present with us, you see this man? The whole Jewish community has petitioned me about him in Jerusalem and here in Caesarea, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. I found he had done nothing deserving of death, but because he made his appeal to the emperor, I decided to send him to Rome. But I have nothing definite to write to his majesty about him. Therefore, I have brought him before all of you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that as a result of this investigation, I may have something to write. For I think it is unreasonable to send a prisoner on to Rome without specifying the charges against him. Psalm 5 For the director of music, for pipes, a psalm of David. Listen to my words, Lord, consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies the bloodthirsty and deceitful. You, Lord, detest. But I, by your great love, can come into your house. In reverence I bow down towards your holy temple. Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they tell lies. Declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigues be their downfall. 
Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Proverbs 18 verse 19 says, A brother wronged is more unyielding than a fortified city. Disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel. And so concludes the reading for July 7th. Be blessed.